You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Your Kansas City Chiefs bounce back on Monday afternoon football to run past and through the Buffalo Bills. 26-17 is the final score out of Orchard Park. And uh, we're here to break down that game for you. Here to help me do that are my dear pals. First, find them on Twitter at Chief in Carolina. Maddie Lane, initial impressions on that game? Nobody circles the Bills like Clyde Edwards Hilaire when he has the football. Thoughts, Craig? Uh, offensive line was great. Filling in, depleted couple guys on the bench apparently that's all you needed to get the run game going with the backups in <laughs> yeah it's we got to start there boys this both of those things you guys I think two of the biggest takeaways Clyde Edwards Alaire fantastic performance 26 carries 161 yards and it looked even prettier the line was gonna look even prettier before some kind of late late game you know heavy box runs uh Nick Allegretti steps in Daniel Kilgore steps in after some reshuffling because Mitchell Schwartz leaves the game early with a back injury. That's alarming. We can talk about that too, but I think it's, it, you. everyone forgot about Mitchell Schwartz tonight because the run game was dominant. Uh, this, this look was great, Maddie. Yeah, I'm not sure what happened. The combination of Nick Allegretti and Daniel Kilgore looked like some kind of dynamic duo from like the old 1990s WWF wrestling kind of thing because they were just throwing bodies around they were pancaking guys they were depleting people even Allegretti's holding penalty supposedly was just him dominating a poor defensive back into submission those two guys played mean. They played nasty. They had so much power and leverage on their blocks. I really think this is the perfect game to highlight what we've been talking about. The Chiefs might not be looking for super athletes, but might be looking for a few more guys that can be strong and stout at the point of attack because you're not going to mix up Allegretti or Kilgore as a super nimble-footed space blocker. They want to hit you early, and they want to finish the play off from there. I think... Wiley maybe even had his best game working with these guys instead. I just don't know if it was as much of they were overshadowing anything that he would do poorly or his big plays, but he seems solid. Mike Rimmer's at right tackle. You know, we'll get there here in a second, but you have to focus. These two guys, I really wish we could have seen them play with Coleccio Simile because that could have been a Ooh. nasty interior offensive line that was really moving bodies. Now, the Bills defensive line and linebackers, Maybe they're not the best. That could play a part here. We'll see going forward. But for right now, we're riding high on these two powerhouses right up the middle. 
yeah, that's for sure here. And Maddie's dropping WWE tag team. You know, they were real gruesome twosome, those two. Really got out there and dominated the Bills defensive line. Blew guys off the ball. Our buddy Chief Bearcats guy, Nick Allegretti, comes in and all of a sudden they got some road graders out there. It was night and day from what we have seen, and you saw the byproduct. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire had holes to hit, had guys, he had free runs into the secondary and made Jordan Poyer look absolutely abysmal because he was all game, but just juked him out of his shorts, created extra yardage. This is the type of game that you would want to see if you were wanting the Chiefs to get a little bit of runway here with their run game, feeling good about what they can do. That's a real confidence builder. Andy Reid, this is the most runs in Andy Reid's Kansas City Chiefs history in a game. And it was well worth almost every single one of them. They, they were able to just really hand the ball off to Clyde and dominate the Bills. Yeah, this is the group I want Le'Veon Bell running behind, frankly, along the interior. I think this is a group that play that's best suited for Le'Veon Bell, his patient run style. Um I think this is I think this is the group I think you gotta roll with this group. I did I did want to point this out per Matt Derrick. Andy Reid says Austin Ryder has been powering through a knee injury. This was an opportunity to give him some rest and get Daniel Kilgore in the lineup. I don't know how much that's that passes the smell test. For me, honestly, Austin Ryder was active this week. Um and I I part part of me just wonders if they just are moving to Daniel Kilgore. I mean the re- it, it the tape is going to be hard. I, I, I can't wait to watch this, frankly, because I think it's going to be hard for Austin Ryder to earn his job back if Daniel Kilgore is going to play like that. And, and, and Nick Allegretti, man, tons of credit for that guy. I thought he I thought he played great in his first significant snaps as a Kansas City Chief. 2019 sixth-round pick last year. Um, really showed some promise. I think you got to be encouraged by that. You got to be encouraged by the run game as a whole. Um, I, I think got to give a ton of credit to Clyde too, just because I mean you know Clyde he saw Le'Veon Bell coming, and what did he do? He churned out his best performance of his young career, Maddie. Yeah, I want to step back. If that's true about Austin Ryder. Hey, give him another week break. Give him a little bit more rest for another week. We'll get more film and then we'll see where it goes from there. If that really is true, that's fine. Give him another week off. See if Kilgore can continue this kind of play. And if he can, then we have another discussion here. But if he can't, then you can slide right or right back in. If that's the path you want to go, just give him another week. But Clyde, man, he was phenomenal. And I still will pound the table if the Chiefs are misusing him as much as a person could possibly misuse a football player right now. The lack of getting Clyde Edwards-Hilaire out in space quickly as a receiver, the lack of trying to get uh, Klein, the linebacker filling in for Matt Milano on him in coverage and just taking advantage of you know a relatively not good coverage linebacker, that's bad. I don't understand what the Chiefs' plan is for Clyde Edwards-Hilaire going forward if they're not going to force feed him some more reads in the passing game but as a runner this was about as perfect as it's going to be for him I do think you saw at times the lack of top end speed I think there are some plays where you see that he is a 200 pound running back and he's not going to bowl over a nose tackle but that said you give him a little bit of space to work with he's patient 
good vision, really quick feet. And if you don't get a clean hit on him with a big body, he's breaking that first tackle. I mean, this game was absolutely perfect. This is about what the top end Clyde Odegaard looks like as a just a runner. Only a runner. The best part of his football game, the best skills he possesses still weren't even on display yet because they didn't really ask him to outside of a couple screenplays. That is so much, there's so much to be optimistic about with his play going forward. And I bet Le'Veon Bell was sitting there watching this blocking unit, watching Clyde Odegaard eating popcorn. And I bet this man was grinning from ear to ear looking at what he's about to run after, after he tried to run against this same Bills team with the Jets earlier this season. Yeah, uh, Clyde ran angry, real angry. That man was hitting the hole with a lot more aggression. You can tell that he was confident in the blocking in front of him. I don't know if that's something that they worked on this week or if that's just something that with those group of guys in front of him, he just felt more comfortable hitting the holes. Uh, just to kind of tag on to what Maddie said there about Le'Veon Bell. Listen, Daryl Williams was fine. He was good. He was Daryl Williams this week. He he's the same guy that he always is. He's a pretty consistent running back. But you can't look at the reps that Daryl Williams got and think, "Boy, Le'Veon Bell isn't going to be able to take those." Le'Veon Bell would have done a lot with Daryl's reps and Daryl was fine, but Le'Veon Bell is just going to add another element here. I'm very excited to watch it. I'm very excited to get into that. Maddie, me and Craig spent a little bit of time this week talking about how we weren't quite sure we were going to see too many two halfback sets, but you think there might be a precursor here uh, with what we saw this week with Travis Kelsey. Man, can't we spend a lot of time together because I was going to cut you off and bring this up here, so uh, kudos to you for just reading my mind, but... um. I think the 12 personnel that the Chiefs ran with two tight ends when they would put Travis Kelsey in the backfield as a split back with a running back, with a halfback, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, I think that is a little bit of a precursor to what you're going to see with two actual halfbacks back there. The rationale is what Kelsey was doing outside of one play, he was getting space blocks on linebackers or safeties, and he was destroying them. I don't think either halfback's going to be able to do that, but if you're getting blocks with linebackers or defensive backs in space, a running back should be able to cut them down. They should be able to get in the way and be effective. You're not asking them to go pull through the middle of the line of scrimmage and make a real big boy block. You're just asking them to get in the way in space. I think Bell, I think Edwards Elaire, I think they both can do that. So you put them back there in place of Kelsey, you get Kelsey back up on the line of scrimmage. You have a lot of guys out there threatening to go vertical. I think the big thing you saw was it kept linebackers on their heels. You see Kelsey running out of the backfield straight at you. You can't go meet him at the line of scrimmage. What if it's a pass play and all he's going to do is veer around you? You're not going to turn around and catch up with him. Same goes for a halfback. I do think they might be starting to show some of these split back, you know, these offset looks in the backfield just to start getting some practice reps with it. And I would not be surprised to see a few more of those same general reps with the same blocking scheme coming up with two halfbacks. And to be clear, I, you know, my problem is that people think that this just automatically gets both running backs on a linebacker. You saw Steve Spagnuolo this week when the Bills went 21 personnel, two backs. You know what he did? He went dime. He didn't even go nickel. He went dime and put an extra safety on the field to counter all of that. Travis Kelsey kept the Bills in a nickel defense, even against 12 personnel, and they were able to take advantage of that. Travis Kelsey is a heck of a blocker. And 
I, I think that their usage, I totally agree with Maddie here. I think that their usage of Travis Kelsey makes sense if they want to put Lev Bell in that sort of role. He was definitely playing the quote-unquote Anthony Sherman role. The problem is when Sherman gets on the field, teams will go base. They will stack the box against the Chiefs offense because they're not worried about Anthony Sherman getting deep. Now all of a sudden you put Travis Kelsey back there. He's a good blocker and he's a good receiver. It makes a difference. We'll Remains to be seen if the Chiefs are going to do that. Andy Reid doesn't love to do that. He's done it a very small percentage of his offensive snaps in his career, but that is the usage that you could see. Matty nailed it there. I'm very fascinated to see what happens moving forward. Speaking of usage, I think we got to talk about the wide receiver position because we got some answers about what it was going to look like without Sammy Watkins. I'm just going to read these snap counts here for you. Demarcus Robinson, 69 snaps, led the Chiefs in all receivers. Tyreek Hill, 68. McCole Hardman, 29. Byron Pringle, 27. Marcus Kemp, 2 out of 73 plays. Um, that is a... So basically what we found out... here. Here's, here's, here's what we found out. Demarcus Robinson and Byron Pringle were the beneficiaries of Sammy Watkins' absence and McCole Hardman's role did not change at all. But there, there's so much to unpack with all three of those guys because all three of these guys had an interesting game for different reasons, Maddie. Yeah, and I don't think it's too much of a surprise that Sammy Watkins being hurt affected Demarcus Robinson, Byron Pringle more than it did McCole Hardman. McCole Hardman's usage is going to skyrocket if Tyreek Hill gets hurt because that opens up a slot receiving option off the line of scrimmage to where you can just run vertical routes over and over. Now that that's all Hill does... But if you're going to put a player on a go-to, on a hot route, on a number one read of a route that's going vertical, it will be Hill over Hardman every time. If Hill's out, that's where Hardman's usage will go up. The issue is the lack of ability to do more than just that for Hardman. You see it now. In most of the plays, Demarcus Robinson took over as the ex-wide receiver. If they wanted to really put them tight into the formation and have them run over the middle of the field, then it was Byron Pringle on the field. If it was a little bit more blocking intensive... Over the middle of the field, you thought you were going to face some press coverage, especially from a condensed alignment. It was Pringle. If it was out wide, it was Robinson. McCole Hardman didn't really get those reps. And the one time he even saw a real pass in this game, he dropped it. I don't normally have a problem with Hardman's hands, but you can't drop a pass if you're going to be trying to fight two receivers who are better suited for the position that's available. You can't go out there and drop your one opportunity. I think Robinson had a strong game. He didn't drop a pass, although he was catching everything with his collarbones and his sternum. He let everything into his body, but he caught them all. He mostly did his work by running Josh Norman off of him, who was afraid of Robinson's speed and just catching comebacks. Pringle had a couple catches later in the play, which he got loose. I think he looked good. I think Robinson looked good. Hardman, overall, not a strong showing versus a game where he really could have had a big impact. I think when you've got defenses that are going to play too deep, they're going to try and keep a lid on everything because they're terrified of the speed that you have. Having that Sammy Watkins role makes a difference. Byron Pringle, Demarcus Robinson are better middle-of-the-field type receivers. They're better guys at running those routes, getting the separation on a cornerback that may be sitting underneath, finding those soft spots in the zones. That's what they're best at. And we saw that. Byron Pringle's big play there at the end of the half is him continuing with the scramble drill, finding the soft spot in the zone, and being available for Patrick Mahomes on that play. That's what makes the biggest difference when Sammy Watkins is out. They need that guy. That's what those two guys are. Again, 
I said it time and time again. McColl's just not an X. He's more of a slot, and that's fine. But people expecting Sammy Watkins to go out and that usage to ramp up immediately, obviously this isn't a, a great game for that. The reason why we're harping on that and having this conversation is because we hear it a lot. We get that question all the time. It is not Sammy Watkins that is keeping McCall Hardman from seeing the field more. It's McCall Hardman. That is the reality of the situation. And this, this was his fourth highest snap percentage of the season, guys. Of six games, he's played more three times on a week where Sammy Watkins touches and opportunities and snaps were available. I'm not saying it's a direct replacement. What I am saying is he's capped at what he is. Vertical, he's touchdown, checkdown. He's he's plays behind the line of scrimmages, line of scrimmage, and plays down the field. I think we need to shout out Demarcus Robinson. Did not drop a pass the entire game, uh, in the rain, which I think he deserves some credit in and of itself. Um, real productive. A guy that wasn't going to be on this football team, frankly. If he was going to get paid what he was, what some people anticipated he was going to get paid before COVID, he would not be on this football team. Instead, he goes to the Chiefs for the league minimum, and he led the he led the team in snaps today. Credit to him. Credit to Byron. Pr- Let's see Byron Pringle more. By the way. 46 yards, two catches, a big play late in the game. Like, let's let Byron cook. I We got to see more of this guy. He's been playing fantastic. Kit, three years. Three years I've been saying this. I, I don't know what else we can do. Yeah, 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 I don't know. I don't. I mean, he's even good on special teams. Like, even Uncle Dave likes him. I, I do want to say something really quick that's going to go overlooked, I think, and it really shouldn't. Patrick Mahomes was, like, almost perfect today. Outside of one near interception, 21 of 26, and I know of at least two drops or should have been catches. He looked two incompletions early in the game, uh, one of them off the hands of Travis Kelsey, the McCole Hardman drop, and then 21 complete. I think we've just, I think I've counted four of the five incompletions for Patrick. Ricky Seals, Ricky Jones, Seals Jones. And Ricky Seals. The time honored tradition of a backup tight end dropping a pass. You love to see it. Backup is a really strong word for Ricky Seals-Jones. He's the backup to the backup to the backup, technically, because he's tight end four. All four tight ends were active, right? Yep. <laughs> what is happening? I don't know. I if, if, if the Chiefs need a roster spot, they should look into saying goodbye to Ricky Seals-Jones. But I just... I think we need to talk about the uber efficiency of Patrick LeVon Mahomes real quick. So, sorry. I just needed to make sure to get that in there because sometimes we forget we, you know, the Chiefs still have the best player in the world. He wasn't perfect uh, from the pocket necessarily, but completion percentage-wise, I mean, he was he was efficient. All right, let's talk about the defensive side of the football a little bit here because we need to go there. Uh, Craig, overall thoughts on the defense. Where do you want to start? I think that Steve Spagnuolo came out early in this game and decided that he was going to bring the heat, that he was going to throw Josh Allen off of his game, that he was going to try and pressure him early to rattle him so that he started missing throws. And that happened. Yes, it was raining early. Josh Allen obviously was having trouble gripping the ball on that first drive. They struggled a little bit, but he took some massive hits from Anthony Hitchens, Chris Jones, Frank Clark, and Taco Charlton that just absolutely rattled him as the game went along. It was a problem. Spagnuolo ratcheted it up, and frankly, 
if the refs weren't calling such a tight game in the secondary, I think that this looks even better. I don't think that the that the Bills score twice because of this. I, I think that the refs definitely wanted a lot less contact. And when you have Charvarius Ward, Bashad Breland, Rashad Fenton, these guys that are physical dudes, that's what happens. And the Chiefs didn't adjust. And so it ended up looking a lot closer. I mean, 17 points, not great, especially when you only allow 206 yards of total offense there. But I do think that this was a pretty good Chiefs defensive performance outside of some penalties and outside of one soft zone coverage drive. Chris Jones was amazing. I, I, Chris Jones was probably the best player when the Chiefs defense was out there on the field that concludes anybody for the Bills offense. Chiefs defense, I think he was the best player. I think he was making plays left and right. He couldn't land home a lot of the times. I think Josh Allen and those running backs were just shifty enough that he could never quite finish the plays off, but he clearly had a huge impact. Frank Clark rebound. I think you saw the defensive line as a whole played a lot better than they did the last week and I think that was huge and outside what Craig said there I think this particular officiating crew was calling very ticky tack penalties on cornerbacks and when you have two bigger physical cornerbacks that aren't the best guys at turning and running facing off against Stefan Diggs and John Brown they have to be physical and these refs weren't allowing it it's a miracle that Chiefs didn't give up more big plays or get more penalties because, I mean, they the defensive line was playing that well. They rattled Josh Allen that bad because, I mean, that's just the worst matchup for those two cornerbacks. And I think you saw a little bit of that. Ward had some rough stretches. Breland definitely had a handful of penalties. But when that front's playing this good, when Steve Spagnuolo's calling up these kind of pressures, making the opposing quarterback feel so uncomfortable, good things are going to happen even against your worst kind of matchup. The Chiefs did a really, really good job early of speeding Josh Allen up, and he never really recovered. And in a game with kind of adverse conditions, that's great. Um, Josh Allen did not feel comfortable for a large stretch of the game. Even when the game was close, you know, um, he didn't really find an opportunity to put the pressure on the Chiefs. Um, at one point, the offense of the Bills consisted of student body right. Like, legitimately. <laughs> like, they just a couple design QB runs. And, like, that was they, – they were able to run the ball effectively a little bit, but some things stalled out. I think you got to be overall pretty satisfied with what the Chiefs did offensively. It's just, like, here's the thing. The Bills are not a slouch. Mm-hmm. This is a good football team. Do not make any mistake about it. This is still a good football team. They've had a couple bad weeks, but this is still a good football team that the Kansas City Chiefs beat by two scores uh, at home uh, in the rain. Uh, in a game where, you know, you thought maybe the, the Bills would be the team that were going to be able to pound the rock. No, the Chiefs dominated. So I think you got to really like what you saw out of the defense. Um, and and slowing, slowing Josh Allen down uh, was certainly a piece of that. Uh, Craig, Anthony Hitchens, pretty solid game again. Yeah, uh, this version of Anthony Hitchens is worth his contract. Uh, frankly, he looks good. He filled a couple plays. Chris Jones on that third and one play that everybody's going to remember that he was just immediately in the backfield. Great play by Chris Jones. Couldn't close it out. All of a sudden, the linebackers rally into the ball. Anthony Hitchens, Damian Wilson even. Damian Wilson had a pretty good day, but Anthony Hitchens just looked like a completely different player. This is a different guy than we've seen so far in three years in Kansas City. The hit that he laid on Josh Allen early on a blitz 
closed immediately and walloped him. Josh Allen was not the same after that. That's the kind of tone-setting, front-setting linebacker that you need in a Steve Spagnuolo defense. You are seeing the defense play night and day when he's out there and he's triggering. He looks like a completely different player. He sets the fronts better. Everything is just so much better when you have that on the field, especially in a game where the Bills came out and ran a lot of 11 personnel and a lot of 10 personnel as well, meaning the Chiefs weren't in their base defense. They just weren't at all. So that means your super athletic linebacker that the coaching staff doesn't want to play in the nickel didn't get to be on the field. You had to have those guys step up. Anthony Hitchens definitely stepped up this week. 3.7 yards a carry for the Bills. 23 rushes, 84 yards. That includes all of Josh Allen's runs. That's that's out outstanding for the Chiefs defense. You take that every week. I'm going to throw a small wet blanket on this before talking some more Hitchens praise. The Bills' success running the ball came where? Outside the tackles, where what you need to get there? A little bit of range, a little bit of speed. Things that Anthony Hitchens, even when playing very good football, still does not have in spades. He still has to beat offensive linemen to the edge. He doesn't do it particularly well. The good news for him is that as long as they run at Frank Clark, he's got help there. If they run at Passanio, apparently he has forgotten how to set an edge based on this game. And I don't know if anybody else over there is doing a particularly good job. But that and then coverage. I still don't see Anthony Hitchens making a lot of good plays in coverage. I think he's a solid zone dropper, a solid spot dropper, but I don't think he has a great feel for when routes are coming in behind him, spacing, things like that. And I think that's why you still do get Ben Neiman on the field way too often, just because Anthony Hitchens just doesn't have a great feel when he's not just dropping to a specific spot. That being said, Anthony Hitchens constantly resets that defensive front into the correct spots. He constantly calls out plays that are going to happen. He gets guys in the best spot. And then these last couple weeks, he's been making plays. He's played downhill. He's played aggressive. He's played mentally very fast. And it shows. He's made multiple big hits, taking on blocks right there at the line of scrimmage, tackling guys at the line of scrimmage. He is a guy that is playing like a very thick very good run-stuffing Mike linebacker, and that's something that he didn't do to start the season. I said it, I don't remember which week it was, it might have been the Chargers week even, that if you're going to have big, slow run-stuffing linebackers, please just don't get drugged for five extra yards. He's not doing that anymore. If you're going to plug the line of scrimmage as a run-stuffing linebacker and not play well in coverage or to the sideline, make plays at the line of scrimmage, he's doing that, he's done what I asked, and he's very smart. Two thumbs up for the way Hitchens has been playing lately. I actually think he's made a huge difference in how the run defense looked these last two weeks. I just want to call out that Anthony Hitchens got those got some of those dime reps. I told I talked earlier this week about Anthony Hitchens playing the dime over Ben Neiman, and when the Buffalo Bills would go with those early down light personnel looks, Anthony Hitchens was the guy. So the Chiefs coaching staff listened a little bit, I guess. Willie Gay. How many snaps did he get tonight? Oh, I don't have that fully charted yet, but they were mostly at the end of the game as a quarterback spy. The Chiefs did not play base defense. They did not. That's very fascinating. Uh, All right, boys. Final closing thoughts on the night. Maddie, kick us off. I'm a little, just a little disappointed that the Chiefs offense had zero vertical threat to it. 
And this is coming off a game where the run game was working. Like Kent said, Patrick Mahomes was pretty close to perfect in terms of execution. It just, I really did feel like there was just a lack of even flashing of explosive plays, which when you go out and be a good football team like the Buffalo Bills on the road in the rain on a weird week, it's really weird to complain about. I just, the lack of shot plays anywhere is very reminiscent of the early Alex Smith days and while uh, the ceiling and the execution was significantly better I just didn't like that whole jive the whole gist of it the offensive line didn't have to pass protect very long this week I think next week no matter who's out there they will see more pass protection you will have to throw the ball a little bit more downfield let those guys actually get into real pass sets that'll be worth keeping an eye on because I don't think we got to see much of that this week That being said, if this offense can play this style of game and win a football game against a quality team, I mean, the NFL has to look out because you know they can beat you with the big plays. You know they can beat you by putting up 28 points in a quarter if you're not going to just cover everything deep. If they can do this on a relatively frequent or consistent basis, I mean, Super Bowl, here they come again. The Chiefs defense, passing defense, looked really good overall. I I don't have a whole lot of complaints. Yes, there were some penalties, but half of Josh Allen's 122 yards came on one single drive where Steve Spagnuolo had everybody backed off. Then there was another 15 yards, you know, there at the end of the first half where Spagnuolo was doing who knows what on that final play there, but that's good. You want your pass defense to do that. They look like they righted the ship a little bit against this dangerous Bills offense, especially vertically. And then I have to talk about special teams because we haven't yet. Harrison Butker has missed four extra points this year. That's acceptable for maybe a full season, not in this view of games. He's got to get that fixed. And Dave Tobe said, hey, We got it fixed. He made the side adjustment. We got it fixed. I know it's rainy. I know it's slippery. You have to fix that. You can't be having that because this game was on a knife's edge there for a little while because of that missed extra point. He rebounded. He came back. He hit a field goal. That's good. And then McCole Hardman on a return there late in the game, catching it at the one and then coming out and stopping his feet, not continuing tucking the ball, trying to get as much yardage as he can there. He stopped his feet, and therefore the Chiefs had to be drugged down at the 11-yard line. Luckily, the offense was able to do something with that, but you can't do that. You can't have that. Too many mental mistakes on special teams, too many mistakes overall on special teams. All of that has to be cleaned up. So the Chiefs advanced to 5-1. and one. They have played the Ravens, the Patriots, and the Bills, and have beat all three. Now, an egregious, egregious loss to the Raiders in their shirt. But you got to be really happy with where this football team is. They're adding another weapon into the mix next week. The Chiefs have shown the ability to beat teams in a variety of different ways. Patrick Mahomes can Alex Smith better than Alex Smith ever could. Uh, Patrick Mahomes can beat you down the field. They can run the ball with great success. I like... I like what they're building. They haven't had, and I'm telling you right now, this team has way more explosive tendencies than they've shown and then they've had to show, show to this point. Believe that. Please do not think that this is just what this team is now because there is more that they can build on. I promise you that. 
there's more coming down the road with this football team uh, offensively, schematically. They'll challenge down the field when they need to challenge down the field. But right now they're just winning football games. They're five and one. They probably should be six and zero. That's okay. Keep building. Really, the, the things get easier now at the Broncos against the Jets, the Panthers, at Raiders, where they get to off of a bye week at the Raiders, off of a bye week, and that team is going to be angry. They're going. I. I. I'll. I don't care. They're beating the brakes off of them in the Roomba in Vegas. Good things are on the horizon for this football team. They're five and one. Watch everybody else cannibalize each other for the next month, and uh, let's just let's just see what this team is able to do. Keep building on all this. All right, that is going to do it for the AP Laboratory post game show. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back with the mailbag tomorrow. Catch you. to do's less time and an infinite number of tools to keep track of sometimes doing business has never felt harder but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals you can just use hubspot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier imagine this high quality leads fast closing deals wildly happy customers and more benchmark breaking quarters it's not a miracle it's hubspot visit hubspot.com to get started today